3: be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping or hopefully how they're not coping and we'll also be hearing from you the listener with your tips advice and of course tales of parenting woe because let's be honest
2: there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing hello i'm rob beckett and i'm josh winnicombe and you're listening to now that's
4: what i call parenting hell volume one And kicking things off, our first ever guest, Catherine Ryan, discusses her daughter's TikTok obsession.
2: My screen time at the moment is an absolute disgrace.
1: Yeah.
3: My screen time last week was eight hours, and then it dropped to five hours this week, and I genuinely felt like I had achieved, like I'd climbed Everest, to just do five hours a day on my telephone. Telephone? Who am I, a Victorian? (laughs) (laughs) What's your screen time at the moment, Catherine?
1: It's bad, but I read. I don't think that I'm doing, you know, nefarious activities on the phone all the time. It's not all social media. I read all my news articles on there. I subscribe yeah. to all the newspapers. I am reading. I use it like a Kindle. I,
2: I try to read, but then I just end up immediately going back onto TikTok.
1: I can't. I can't with TikTok. I'm obsessed with
2: it. I love it. And I don't know why. I don't, on paper, I shouldn't. No, I don't know. I think it's about your
3: level, Rob. <laughs>
2: That's about my vibe, isn't it?
3: Bit of TikTok, bit of Lego, bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I live like a teenage girl.
1: <laughs> well, this is the other thing with TikTok that's so annoying and you should like it. I mean, I love the idea that 10-year-olds are moving around and dancing, but it's constant. So they'll be on TikTok learning dances. But even once the phone is put away, my daughter will walk into the kitchen for snacks and she's TikTokking. All she wants to do is watch the older girls on TikTok and learn the dances that they're doing and then emulate those dances in a crop top. And I have studied <laughs> TikTok because... <laughs> I'm trying to bond with this child. You know. (laughs) I used to have a two year old girl and she liked me very much. And now I have to reach out and basically watch these jailbait, 15 year olds doing sexy dances, Mm. doing the splits. I have to learn those dances. I made a list of how to be successful at TikTok based on what I've learned. And I've tried to feed this back to Violet, but it's a terrible list. All you want to do is you need good lighting, really nice straight white smile and you need to get your ass out and be flexible and that's it
2: well i'm one ass away from being successful on tiktok by the sounds (laughs) of that What you don't realise is they are like proper celebrities in that world. So if they went to an event where there was loads of kids that age, there would be people all over them going, oh my God, can I have a picture of all that at 15? It's like they're megastars in a cult.
1: And I am ashamed to say that pre-lockdown, I would travel around the UK with my daughter and go to a travel lodge in Milton Keynes to hang out with TikTokers for like a five-hour meet and greet. Oh, Oh, Wow. How wow. much would that cost? It costs, I think, 20 pounds each, but then there's loads of merch there that you're railroaded into buying. There's there's no performance element. They don't do anything. And they're lovely girls, but they just have a, like a step and repeat, you know, that branding board in the back. And they stand there and the children cue to hug them and record a quick TikTok where they stick their tongue out. And then they resume and they cue again again. Uh, oh, wow. To do the same, and it's it's really a weird. You wait, I don't know what it's going to be when your daughters are ten. i oh, no, oh no!
2: Well, it's no. only five or well, five years away for me. It's like we're in Black Mirror,
1: isn't
3: it? At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how out of the loop I am when you describe that. Am I old?
1: No, you are peacefully unaware right now and just enjoy this time because we all have different struggles at different stages of parenthood. And this is the one I'm in right. I'm very ashamed to say that I paid a teenager £800 to visit my house last June. Did you? Because she's on TikTok. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so did I, but I got it out of the papers. <laughs> <laughs> so you, got, you paid a TikTok, like basically a corporate appearance fee to come to your daughter's house?
1: Exactly that. It was wow. the only thing Violet wanted for her birthday. She said, "Will you get this TikToker to come to the house?" Wow. And I said, "All right." So I reached out to this teen. It felt very dirty. Just a teenage girl. <laughs> I was like, "How much how oh. much is it going to cost me to get you come dance in my kitchen?"
2: <laughs> I think there's it's a weird thing where me and Joshua at the stage now where their kids are really young and we sort of feel, feel quite young still like, like oh we sort of know about cool stuff but we don't we're completely yeah. oblivious it's only when your kids get a bit older like your, your daughter's 10 now that they bring you into this new world you go oh that's what's going on you know, we're in this weird fellow period where we don't know what is cool or what is popular and then you get brought into it by your kids
3: do you think my parents were thinking about like we're talking about TikTok and they were talking about that like about like gladiators or like <laughs>
1: All Josh wants is to meet Jazz in a mall. <laughs> I, like, I spent three
2: hundred quid on getting Shadow to come round for the afternoon <laughs> to with, him with a massive cotton bud.
4: <laughs> that was a brilliant Catherine Ryan. If you want to listen to the whole interview, you can find it right at the start, Series One, Episode One. That and the rest of the clip details can be found in the episode listing. Up next is comedian John Richardson and the perils of trying to make food that both he and his daughter enjoy.
3: Good afternoon, John Richardson. How are you? Yes, I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, we're all right, we? <laughs>
5: yeah,
3: we're fine. <laughs> I think we're good.
5: Do you want to just take me through? So you've got one, you've got a daughter. We have a daughter who's three years old. Three years about old. three and a half. Proper three-nager. Which is yeah. the term that I've been taught? Proper bolshie won't do what she's told, but in a sort of witty, you know, both of us are comics, so yeah, she's learned how to use humour as a way of deflecting from being an absolute pain in the ass.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Can't criticise her for because that's the one thing I've taught her. I mean, we just—I mean—to let you into what's happening. It's—it's it's, what is it? Half past one. I'm having a beer because lunch was just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> We had a nice morning, we went for our walk, uh, came yeah. back, cooked a lovely curry, uh, no spice in it so that Elsie could have some, put it down in front of her, just went absolutely apeshit, wouldn't touch it. And I've had a few meals where I've said, look, you know, we need you to eat and we need to understand what meal times are. And today I said, I like this curry, so I'm going to leave you with your mother and you can do what you need to do and I'm going to eat it in a different room because I'm sick of you ruining my meals. <laughs> You had your bland curry on your own. I chopped some chilies in mine. I put some coriander in it. I, all the stuff she doesn't like that I omitted to handcraft a meal for a child that is now halfway through some fish dippers and waffles. Do you think maybe you'd made her curry too bland? She said there was pepper in it, and there isn't because I fucked the fucking thing, but you can't say that to a three year old, can you? <laughs> I know exactly what's in it because I put it in there. Yeah. What I'm learning is when the rage kicks in instantly, that's my fault, not hers. So when she says that and I say, oh, look, I promise you there isn't, come over here and I'll show you the ingredients. And look, you helped me, didn't you? Because you did the mushrooms. That's rational, good daddy. The minute the reaction to that is, the fucking isn't any pepper. <laughs> when that thought comes to my head, I think you need to go away now. because. Yeah. She's bored of you as well, so I went in a different room, and uh, yeah. I think that was the right policy.
3: Oh, that's nice.
5: How's your beer? The beer is cold and delicious, and um, it's the first of well, not many because you know there'll be there'll be this whole row to have again at tea time, won't there?
3: <laughs> <laughs> what are you making for tea? Are you doing a lot of cooking?
5: Yeah, food's my sort of go-to. Um, you know, I wake up in the morning and I need to know what we're having. So last night at quarter to 12, I suddenly decided we had to have birch Musley for breakfast. Yeah. So I was clattering around in the kitchen, soaking oats. Um, she didn't eat that either. What she does, she eats until she's not hungry. She doesn't eat until she's full. I don't know if you're experiencing this.
2: My, I've got two and one eats, the younger one eats everything and all the dinner, really good. The other one doesn't, like they say, we'll have one mouthful and goes, oh, I'm not starving, hunger anymore. I'm off. Yeah. and it, and then and now like a cover sandwich comes of bread yeah
5: i know but it sort of makes sense doesn't it when when there's so many toys in the house that the sort of policy is well i'll just pick you know like when you're at a house party you go oh, i'll just pick at stuff yeah you can't explain to her you need to sit and continue to sh- i know you know what it tastes like and you're not hungry anymore but the policy is you now shovel this gruel into your face until it slightly hurts <laughs>
3: I don't know if the, the words the policy is are going to be helpful to a three.
5: <laughs> she genuinely has picked up, and it's one of those things you don't know you're saying it until they say it back to you. She'll say now, she'll say to me, okay, daddy, here's the deal. And then we have a negotiation. Here's the deal. I eat this waffle, and then that's it. And then we can play. And you have to say, yeah, okay, fine. John, with these deals, you've got to be prepared to walk away. That's the thing. If you're <laughs> yeah.
2: going to show oh, any I'm, strength.
5: I'm too prepared to walk away. That's the problem.
2: I've got a little bit of a, a, a tip for trying to get to eat lunch because, like I said, mine don't really Please. do it. Do a um, picnic buggy. But what you do is make a packed lunch, put them in the buggy with it, and then you, you walk for an hour whilst they eat their lunch. That is, that is a good little tip, Rob.
5: It's a lovely tip, but then you get to an age where... She needs to learn to sit and eat a meal, you know, because this lockdown situation, she's not going to nursery anymore. And nursery was where she was learning, you yeah. know, you can be a bit of a prick at home while we're eating tea, but you can't, if you're a mess around at nursery, you'll get told off and you just won't get lunch. Well, and that was it.
3: my, I tell you, that was my, my saving grace whenever I did some bad, like weak parenting was I'd always think. She's picking it up at nursery, so it doesn't (laughs) matter if I drop the ball a bit. She's eating great food at nursery, so this cheese on toast is fine. And now I haven't got that.
2: Yeah, But you worry too much because, like, when they go, we've oh, got to teach them to use a knife and fork. No, well, I've never met anyone at 37. You go to a restaurant, they're just like shoveling soup up <laughs> with their hands because they never learn. Like, it, that, they will learn at some point. Do you know what I mean? Like, the same with sitting down. It's like, you don't see like grown ups at weddings wandering about just eating a baguette because, oh, that's no, just what I did as a kid.
3: You meet someone, he's like, um, i yeah, I do want this meal, but you're right to push me around in a buggy while I eat it. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go!
4: And because it's only fair, and for the purposes of balance, of course, here's John's wife, Lucy, with her version of the Currygate scandal.
0: He made her a corn curry with brown rice. I mean, I'm tapping out of that (laughs) as an adult. (laughs) He
3: never said that, did he, Josh? No, he he said it was a lovely curry.
0: It was a lovely curry for John. (laughs) (laughs) For someone who's trying to not like food.
2: You can't expect a kid to eat that.
0: No, so she pretended that she wanted a poo and I made her chicken dippers. (laughs)
3: Does she um play you off against each other then? Does she understand the different
0: characters? God, she's so clever. She, she's she been doing it, yeah. She's had me particularly wrapped around her. She listens to John. He's the disciplinarian. And me, I'm wrapped around a finger. I don't even realise I'm doing stuff. And then before I know it, like, a whole Easter egg's gone. And she's still in her pyjamas and it's four o'clock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Are you the, you're the good cop then and John's the bad cop.
0: Do you know what I think it is? She sees me as, like, her older sister.
3: Yeah. Like
0: ah. like a sibling. Oh, it's, it's hard.
2: My wife's a bit like that with the two girls, and sometimes in the morning, if it's her turn to get up with them, and she goes in, and they're arguing and fighting, and she starts shouting, I can't work out which one's my wife. <laughs> it just sounds like they're all the same. Like I've got three daughters. Oh I can't work out the voices.
0: Oh God. oh, God, I do that with her socks. I can't work out whose socks are who. <laughs> 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 Oh, the hair <laughs> it's tricky. Isn't it? It's just no one can prepare you, can they? Like how it changes, like your relationship and your home. And yeah. yeah,
3: is your home in a good state? Like John must be keeping it pretty sharp.
0: It's all bollocks. This thing about him being tidy—is it? He's absolutely not tidy. No, no. It'll line up like tins in the fridge, but everything else will just be. And he's not. He's not clean. He doesn't Hoover or dust or anything like that. It's all. I can't believe it. People think, oh, you must have a real tidy house. No, I do it all. Do you? I do, it. I do everything. Yeah, I do everything.
2: Because he was quite angry about the strainer in the sink.
0: Apart from that, yeah.
2: That's his thing, <laughs> is it?
0: Yeah, we do argue a lot about stuff like that. But I think it's really good to argue, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think you need to it. I, when you hear a couple that doesn't argue, I find that very creepy.
0: Do you, know, do you know what's happening if there's a couple who isn't arguing? One of them's having an affair.
3: In
2: lockdown, that'd be ambitious, though, wouldn't it? (laughs) You only get an hour in the park. (laughs) That's what doggers have been waiting for for years.
4: The next highlight from the archives, the brilliant Ellie Taylor runs us through some questionable breastfeeding training advice.
2: How did you get over with that? Because Lou found that quite difficult with the breastfeeding and stuff. Did you enjoy it, or was it hard, or what, 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 what was your experience of that? It, it
7: was for me. It was um, it was, a, it, was a, it was pretty easy at the beginning, and it came quite naturally, and I was really chuffed. But then I got um, mastitis a couple of times, which was like absolute hell. So, oh my god, I don't understand what what the fuck nature is doing. So, I, the first time I had it; she was. <laughs> She's seven weeks old. I'm um, recovering from a cesarean still. Like, you're obviously at the lowest ebb you can possibly imagine. Mm. And then nature decides to infect one of your tits. And... Uh, <laughs> to laugh no, but it was. I mean, it was. It, and there were always dark oh. moments of humour in these situations, yeah. and I yeah, remember, like, I've, I've never been in so much pain, and I was like hallucinating with this fever. And we got a we got a breastfeeding coach to come around and try and sort of work out why I'd got mastitis and try and help the latch. And she was this strange Russian lady, and to try and sort of help me work out the latch, she got she pulled out of her bag. Why I'm crying on the sofa in the most pain I've ever been in my life. She pulls out an Elmo hand puppet. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts to sort of demonstrate the perfect latch with the Elmo puppet on well, my you. on my infected tit. Oh god! Oh my and
3: word! At the time, Are you I of sure this moment?
7: Was...
2: <laughs> oh, the days of pre-corona. Had it been <laughs> disinfected?
7: How many breasts has this Elmo been on?
2: A <laughs> way, Linacre of hand puppets. It. <laughs> How did you feel in that moment, Ellie? That you're just sat there.
7: Because I, well I was I was, you know, very I was very vulnerable at that moment. So I was like, Hello, <laughs> see what to do? Elmo will help me. And um, it was only um, reflecting back on it that I was like, what the fuck? I got to yeah. <laughs> um
3: that Elmo's got some stories to tell, hasn't it? Bloody up.
7: <laughs> can I throw some
2: other options at you of what you would be accepting? Because you accepted Elmo, obviously like a sort of a cartoon figure. If she just whipped out a ventriloquist doll, how would you feel? <laughs> <laughs> because there must be a level of the cuddly toy you'll accept to do that. you know, go, oh that
7: No, 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 no. This is
3: one step too far.
7: If it had kind eyes, I'd let anything have a go at that point,
3: I think. <laughs> Fair enough. You are very vulnerable. <laughs> and did it work?
7: Uh, I, well, I got better and I don't know. And yeah. then I got I got mastitis again and it was just sort of a pile of shit. I don't understand.
3: Oscar I... the Grouch around yeah. that time. Really.
7: <laughs> Big bird. I had a go on the other one. Um <laughs> That god cookie monster stayed at home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so it was like, I did like miss it though. When I stopped breastfeeding, I did miss it. But then I I, I got really quite, I remember getting quite emotional. Like, it's the end of our journey together. I'm just going to feed her one last time. And then she started biting me and I was like, oh, do you know what? I think we're done. And it was less, uh, yeah, it was less it was less sad to let it go. But I did, yeah, I did still kind of miss it in a way. Although when I hear about some of my friends who are still doing it and their kids are 18 months old and like they're not sleeping through the night and stuff, I'm like, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine with yeah. bottles now.
2: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is tough. There's so much pressure, especially if they're starting to bite, just tap out. That's where Lou did, especially with my offspring. You can't have them nibbling <laughs> away with and- <laughs> those <laughs> jeans.
4: Now it's time for comedy legend Jack D and his tale of the Terror of Twins.
3: And they're twins, aren't they? So your two sons are twins. They're
6: twins, so they're they're both twenty-two, and they're they're non-identical, so they're very, very different. And mm. uh, so it's like it is, it is, you know, it's not like you've got two kind of identical freaks going around the place. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be, you know. Couldn't have any you know, telepathy and all that going on at the table. That would be just. That would not. That would not work for me. Uh, if, if they had been identical, I think I would have just done Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Moe and sold one of them. <laughs> I, just, I just wouldn't want that going on, would you? It'd be horrible. No. It? You know, they speak their own little language and everything. Oh,
3: horrible! <laughs> what was the moment like when you realised that you were going to have three, but now you're going to have four children?
6: Well, uh, the the news was broken to me actually by Hattie, who's our eldest daughter. She was then she was uh, she was what six, and mm. uh, I got paid. I was working at ITV, and um, uh, I got paged to go to the front desk. And uh, when I turned up, Jane, my wife, was there with Hattie and Phoebe, our two daughters. Mm. I'm, and my memory is Hattie running towards me with this photo, the scan photo, saying, "There are two of them! There are two of them!" Oh. Really excited because she hadn't—we hadn't found out until it was about a twenty-week scan or something. Oh. And uh, and the uh, the the guy doing the sort of thing and said, "Oh, have we told you if they're identical or not?" And Jane said, "What?" And that's how we found out. You know, we're doing oh. identical. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> wow. We were lucky there because we'd already had two children, so we kind of knew uh, a bit about how to look after babies and kids and stuff like that. I, I think there are, I, I've got friends, and you probably know people as well, who have twins first time round, and I just don't know how they cope God. with that. Oh. Because that is a bad enough shot with one of them, isn't it? You know, one yeah. one baby will ruin <laughs> your life. What did two do <laughs> at the same time? <laughs> Two of them coming in. Oh, I mean, just awful. Yeah.
3: So, what's it like having twins? So, are you putting them down to bed at the same time? And are you trying to bath? Is it all like you just trying to double team them in that? sense? No,
6: they they would never. They never. They were never in sync. Uh, they would n- with each other. They could never kind of like both be hungry at the same time. Both be tired at the same time. They did shift work. They were shift. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so it was 24 hour full on. You'd have one would fall asleep, the other one wake up, and so you have to get them out of the room in case they wake the other one up. It really was chaos. In fact, we, a couple of times, we just hired a nanny, me and Jane, and just went went away to a hotel for the weekend to sleep. You yeah.
4: Know? <laughs> Literally,
6: just a hotel down the road, just you so we're just going to sleep. Oh, it wasn't even a nice hotel, just going down the. Well, this is an ibis down the road, we just went there to sleep for 25 hours. <laughs>
2: Oh. was there a point though where you thought they might be identical because I swear all babies look the same was was you just looking at them going are you sure they're not and then eventually they no
6: one one of them's quite quite a lot chunkier than the other one Charlie comes out first and he's the big bruiser he was taking up all the space and then and then and then Miles comes out and uh, and he's he's a little bit he's a little bit more sort of petite and small but uh, but you know I mean it's great and then the doctor goes right let's see what number three is and Jane nearly (laughs) practically to the table, and he goes, oh, no, just joking." I oh. said, "Yeah, all right, all right, just leave that to me, Mia." Yeah. <laughs> that is a great, that is a great line, though, for someone to yeah, I know, but I felt I, like I said, "Look, I know the safe limits of humour in my household, and you've, just, and you've gone way past it." <laughs> Do they get on well then? They do. They do get on well because, I mean, partly they get on well because they're complete opposites to each other. And that's I think, is uh, uh, one of the sort of redeeming features if you have twins who decide not to be like each other or just aren't anyway. And they, right from day one, would not do the same thing as each other. So if they were doing the same homework, one would do colouring in and the other one would decide not to colour in and just, you know, scribble Mm. over it or something. And it would just be – it was always I will not – do what he does, and, yeah. and vice versa. So never, they never—they were never competing, never trod on each other's territory. So in that respect, it's quite good. And I always think if you put them together, you'd have the perfect human. But they just have very, <laughs> very, very,
4: very opposite views. Next up, it's Daisy May Cooper and her daughter's patriotic potty training.
2: Daisy, what's your what's your setup at home? What's what's your kids' setup? So
8: uh, it's me and my husband and our two-year-old daughter, who's who's it's just become a complete nightmare. Oh really? Husband. Yeah. Oh my god.
3: During lockdown, or
8: during lockdown, it's just got naughtier and naughtier and naughtier and naughtier.
3: What kind of things?
8: Um, I? It's so weird. So she's decided um to use the shed as like an outdoor privy. And she's been <laughs> taking, I, that's why I was looking you know at what was so mental, is I'm losing my mind so much that I was looking up to see, you know, if kids have been reincarnated from World War II, and that's why
3: she's... <laughs> <laughs> Any evidence to suggest she has?
8: Well, <laughs> no, uh, uh, the only evidence I have is she's ripping her nappy off uh, she put, she's, bit, she's done about three poos in the sheds and the latest one she was really proud of because uh, for uh, V-Day we had these kind of little cocktail sticks with little flags on them and uh, that we had in cupcakes and she'd managed to t- find one of them in the garden and put it in her <laughs> poo in the shed <laughs> and then called me over to come and witness go and witness it and I just (laughs) stared at it for about 30 seconds just complete bafflement
2: Are you doing potty training then?
8: Uh, We tried she was brilliant before lockdown she really enjoyed it but now she just doesn't give a fuck, she doesn't give a fuck about anyone (laughs) or anything it's just
0: horrendous
3: (laughs) What did you do with the kind of flag poo? Did you you say that it was good or did you (laughs) What, did it have a British flag in it? it had a like a kind of Union Jack? <laughs> like we'd claimed it. <laughs> yes. That's
8: exactly what it was. I just, I, I stood in silence for about 30 seconds because it was like... In respectful silence yeah. to our flag.
2: <laughs> it's like something the far left would put on a poster <laughs> about Brexit, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so,
8: so are you still working at the moment? Is your husband working from home? What's that the? My husband's a landscape gardener, so he's sort of can go out now and uh. do sort of jobs and stuff. So I'm, I've been left in at home with the devil child. I, I mean, I do love her very much, but mm. it's just becoming. Because she just doesn't understand why she can't go to the park or why she can't go see Nanny. She's so sick of FaceTiming relatives. Oh, yeah. Now, it's just... And I'm just putting Bing on, and it's just on a constant, like, a 24-hour repeat of
3: Bing episodes. My daughter, who's two and a half, she's got no interest in FaceTime. So it just it just gets offensive to the relatives very oh, yeah. quickly. It's so <laughs> awkward. They
2: go, do you it's... want to speak to Nanny? No. No. <laughs> I want Paw Patrol, <laughs> but Nanny's here, no Paw Patrol, your nan, no, which one, and then they go, which one, I go, oh, Nanny Sue, nah, what, as if that matters, don't do that, don't ask which one and then say no, that's it,
8: oh it's so true. And you're, are you pregnant with your second as well, Daisy? I'm pregnant with my second as well, so, I mean, I haven't even thought about the second one. So how pregnant are you at the moment? I'm over, just over halfway, oh, right. so, I, oh my God, I just want to drink, I want to drink <laughs> so much, I can't, I was Googling how many, I mean, could I have three drinks if i being pregnant, I thought, oh no, I can't, I really your
3: can't, your Google history desperate. is unbelievable at the moment, isn't it, can a child be re- reincarnated from World War Two? and can I drink when I'm pregnant? <laughs>
4: Penultimate track on this volume is the absolute banger that is Milk Tray Moment by Shappi Kasandi.
9: Look, we had this incident that we still talk about, the kids and I. The first few days of lockdown was the Milk Tray incident. Oh, wow. So okay. I, I, I was,
3: what happened in the Milk Tray incident then?
9: Well, I was trying to make life golden and happy for my children still because that's what you do as a parent, right? You just try and yeah, make everything yeah. magical and then the first few days of lockdown, I just, um, well, we started cooking and eating together, all stuff that I don't really do because yeah. I'm always out of work. And um, I got this box of milk tray and this milk tray box meant a lot to me because I went to the co-op to buy it when, you know, where you felt like you were putting your life in danger, just stepping into a supermarket yeah, and I bought it and I, you know, left it for a couple of hours. So it, I don't know, the germs ran off or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it stopped being a box of death. Yeah. And, then, and then my son went to open it and him, him and my daughter were squabbling over how to open it. And my son's like, he's, he's really clever and um, he's normally really careful with things, but he just ripped the top of the box off so you couldn't close the box again. He just ripped it open next thing I knew it was in the bin like I, I put it in the bin I just went right you're not having it you don't deserve it. you kids have had everything given to you on a plate I never had no oh, tray when I was a kid my parents had nothing we didn't have swimming lessons and, bad, and all of this shit came out of like no. screaming at my kids at how privileged they are and how lucky they are to have a box of chocolates. You know, we had one chocolate once a year. I was, I was, well, not Willy Wonka, Charlie. I was like Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Just um, hellish, hellish. It was awful. How many I, days in was this? Um, I think it was day two. And. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How did they How did they react? I mean, they realised they were dealing with a mad woman. Like, they understood that this wasn't normal. And my son just, looked, and he's so polite and he's so calm and he looked at me with, like, fire in his eyes and he said, you are behaving really badly. <laughs> <laughs> they went up to their rooms and then I had to call them down and I sat down and I said, listen, sometimes, like, thunderstorms happen in my head and I can't normally I'd go out the house or I'd go up to my room or whatever but there's I I behave very badly and of course I went out the next day and I bought another box of milk tray that we all quietly ate none of us enjoying it <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just sort of, yeah the milk tray incident was bad and that's when I yeah. thought right I need to meditate I need to you know, yeah, really look after yeah. my head.
4: And finally, playing us out this episode is Alex Brooker with the pros and cons of parenting with a disability.
10: Today, it's been a big parenting day for me this morning. Um, she's noticed my hand for the first time. It's the first ever time my eldest... Oh, wow. today, And she was kind of like, she literally was going, um, Daddy, you've only got two fingers. And I really want like... Technically, it's free, but two are stuck together, but it's fine if you want to call it two. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the first time. And, like, I, like it's one of those things where, you know, like, obviously for me, when I first went to, like, started thinking about having kids, that was, like, a really big thing. It was, like, I wonder how they're going to find it. And she didn't give a shit. It was, like... Yeah. Obviously, the youngest was the was the one that weren't having it because she let go of me and then ended up Facebooking. <laughs> with a and I feel like the eldest has seen that and thought, yeah, it's not an ideal hand to hold, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> I mean, like the first, I remember we first um, when Mia was like a day old. I kind of went and met um, one of my mates at the pub quickly at lunchtime, um, and I was, just, was like, "How are you finding it?" And I was like, "Mate, I just keep thinking I'm going to drop it." And he was like, "Well, everyone thinks that, don't they? What's the worst that can yeah. happen as soon as you have a new kid is you, you drop it?" And that's like literally yeah. everyone kind of worries about it whether you've got big like i'm sure david seaman worried about it do you know what i mean it's
3: like he was worried about being lobbed he was worried <laughs> about the baby going over his head Back-peddling.
2: I, I used to have like really weird nightmares i was holding the baby and then rolled over it while i was asleep and, and slept on top of it and then oh. i'd wake up in the night and the baby was in the cot and no, i was nowhere near it but these mad dreams everyone feels the same they do and like oh
10: do you know what it was as I said, the eldest. I feel like we're really making progress at the moment. She's got over like the hand thing very quickly. I was surprised at that it was absolute. You know, twenty years of my life worrying about nothing. Um, but then, <laughs> it was. Do you know what? It was as I said. It's like quite a big thing for me today. That yeah. I've, I've, it's one of those things that. Well, like, I'll probably think about it a bit more like later on. But yeah, it was like I, w- I was genuinely up until today like really. Properly worried, and also I have thought to myself more recently. It's like you're nearly three and a half. You should have noticed. You can count now. We've done a lot. of <laughs> ah, You know how many times have I sat you in front of the iPad and just put like the counting YouTube video on? Does she notice the lag? Oh, mate, they love the legs. <laughs> I've got three different ones, haven't I? So today I had my blue waterproof on, and like so. It's like I was a- gonna say that in a stream, there must be a rust risk. But if you've oh. got a waterproof one, do you know what? When I did that, um. That swim last year, they gave me one for getting in and out the water. So it's basically wood, which is isn't the most flexible thing. But it is literally for the first time I've got like a wooden leg. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like you imagine. It's not like a pirate. It does have like a foot on it. Yeah. But they got yeah. you a parrot as well, which is a bit insensitive. <laughs> but you were on the sea. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, the um, they, they, she's obsessed because it's like really colourful and blue and that, and she just like calls it Daddy's Blue Leg. I've taught them how to put my put my leg on. Sometimes when I'm like slobbed out on the couch and I've got my leg off, I've like started to teach them. It took me a little while with my eldest, but I've taught her to like what like different bits go together. To her, I think it's like a big bit of Duplo. Yeah, yeah.
3: You are you are really like a big bit of Duplo. That's (laughs) that's how I view you. (laughs) Yeah,
10: yeah.
2: Best for under fours. Alex, has, has your disability stopped you doing anything as a parent like that you would have wanted to do? The
10: one thing which I'm still always, like, in the grand scheme of things, this isn't, like, a big thing, but the one thing I'm always slightly wary of is, you know when you have, like, parents and they have, like, their kids on their shoulders or something like that? Yeah. I I, that, I we're not delving into that. We've we've given it a little go on the sofa <laughs> and it, you just go this is the juice isn't worth the squeeze for no. of <laughs> uh, I'll, be honest,
2: I'll be honest alex i've you know i've got all the necessary limbs to do that and it's still an absolute nightmare and they launch <laughs> themselves off and i've been lost for all both my kids to terrible shoulder accidents in the past
10: we so gave, it's probably best left we gave it a little go and i just said to just make sure like you hold on to daddy's neck and I I don't think she quite realises how important that bit of it is because I'm not really holding on to her that she's carrying everything for us and (laughs) straight away we did it on the sofa She just fell backwards on the sofa I was like do you know what well why don't we just walk it it, let's give it let's give it something else But do you know what? That's pretty much, if I'm being honest, the only thing that I've not really done.
2: Also, on the flip side, Alex, has um, your disability enabled you to get out doing other things that is a bit of a relief? Do you ever play it up so you go, actually, I don't think I can do this because, you know, the old hand and leg situation is probably best you do it. Have
10: Have you ever got out of anything with that? Honestly, if you ask my wife, it is literally every single week, I'll use it. Like, my leg takes, I reckon, about three seconds to put on, and the amount of times when, like, something will be happening, I'll be like, yeah, but I ain't got my leg on, have I? As if it's like... like, <laughs> right. And it's just... It, that's, like, the ultimate excuse, and she'll be like, well, yeah, but you can go and put it on, can't you? And it's like, well, yeah, but you're up, and yeah, you? So you've got both your legs on. So <laughs>
4: Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. For now, that's what I call Parenting Hell, Volume 2.
2: Tom Allen here. And Susie Ruffle. We have a podcast called Like-Minded Friends. It's very much a celebration of, I don't know, what would you say, Susie, being queer?
7: Being queer, but also chit-chat. There's loads of straight people that love it, so I think that you should come along and listen to it.
2: There's something for everybody. It's been described as white noise for gays, but also we had a lovely section about Glade plugins.
7: <laughs> so why don't you listen to it? Search Like-Minded Friends wherever you get your podcasts. That
3: sounded quite professional, didn't it? Mm-hmm.
5: Hello, I'm Tom Crane. And I'm Simran Shah. And we're the hosts of the new food and comedy podcast, My Favourite Takeaway, where each week we're invited into the home of a celebrity guest to share their favourite takeaway, exactly as they normally have it.
2: We'll be trying it all, from Peruvian street food slouched on James Acaster's L-shaped sofa,
5: to an Antiguan feast huddled around Andy Oliver's dinner table,
2: Via an alfresco Indian takeaway sat in Tom Allen's garden. And we also want to
5: hear from you, the listener. Your takeaway disasters. Your weird habits. And your personal takeaway recommendations. You can follow us on Insta, My Favourite Takeaway Podcast. On
2: Twitter, at TakeawayPod.
5: Or you can email us, hello, at myfavouritetakeawaypodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe, like and share.
2: My Favourite Takeaway, the podcast for anyone
5: who loves food but can't always be bothered to cook it. Available on all podcast platforms now. Hello, I'm John Richardson and I'm here to tell you about the Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League podcast. I'm Matt Ford and I'm here to tell you that although our podcast is about Fantasy Premier League, it's not just for saddos, losers and virgins. Yes, for cool people like us and you. You're listening to this, so you must be cool. Each week we follow the highs and lows of the fantasy football teams
3: of some of the country's funniest people. The great thing is you don't really need to be into fantasy Premier League
5: or even football to enjoy it. That's because each week Matt and I compete with each other. The lowest scorer in FPL having to do a humiliating forfeit each week. Spoiler alert, every week so far, it's been Matthew. I'll be honest, it's not the start I'd hoped for. Already I've had to do a humiliating chilli challenge and try to have a pint with a duck, but it swam off. Even Docs don't want to be near Matt Ford. Over the course of the season, we'll be joined by comedians such as Russell Howard, Romish Ranganathan, Maisie Adam, Josh Widdicombe, Jason Manford, Emily Dean, Rob Beckett and Ian Sterling.
3: So don't delay. Pick up your phone and subscribe to the Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League podcast now. New episodes are released every Wednesday until the end of the season. Hello, I'm Sean Walsh. And I'm Paul McCaffrey. And we're here to tell you that our podcast, What's Upset You Now, is back for a brand new series. Now I know what you're thinking, do I have time in my life for another comedian-hosted
2: podcast with my busy schedule?
3: Well, in most cases, no. But here's why What's Upset You Now is
2: different. Each week, we ask ourselves and a guest, What's Upset You Now? And we spend exactly 15 minutes discussing and ranting about the frustrations and idiocies of everyday life.
10: Anything from a bus driver wanting the exact change. To those people
2: doing yoga in the park. And quite often, just simply each other. Yeah, it's basically anything and everyone. It's the podcast equivalent of being in the pub with
3: your two funny mates, pushing the world to rights. Yeah, at 2am, so do expect shouting. Listen to What's Upset You Now, available on all podcast platforms.